It's a beautiful 72 and sunny at Sad Styles Productions. We will take off as soon as everyone's tray tables are in a locked and upright position. On Tuesday, the Retrograde Podcast is reviewing L.A. Noir for its 10-year anniversary. And that's the truth. On Thursday, the Jackass crew relives the pain and glory of the TV show Jackass. The sign-off drops on Thursday, where Mikey and Brian get a behind-the-scenes look at the Toronto Maple Leafs in a conversation with anthem singer John McDermott. On Friday, Andrew loses money on the NBA playoffs on losing money with Andrew Bassett. Please keep your seatbelts fastened until all the podcasts are complete. Thanks for flying with Sad Styles Productions. Get into it. It was a sweltering day in Metrograde. The sun was shuttering its blinds and the speakeasies were shouting for attention. We were hot off the case of the missing army man. Those boxes weren't sturdy enough to keep one Colonel Grimm from his dishonorable discharge. But you can't keep two private eyes from peeping, and these two gumshoes were jonesing for the next case. Hey, Andrew, you knucklehead, get a load of this. Did you know inflammable and flammable was the same word? They're the same word. They mean the same thing? They mean the same thing. Wow. Yeah, I did not know that. I learned that tonight. Oh. So he's dead? Oh, he is super dead. Oh, my God. Yeah, crispy as a fried chicken on a Friday night. Honestly, won't miss him. Honestly? Yeah. I kind of would. Pops was always good to me. Yeah, no, he was a good guy. Like, yay. Rest in peace. Yeah. But you live and learn. I... All I know, this eulogy is going to be awkward. Yeah, yeah, and toasty. Whenever I've turned my father into a human s'more, the only thing that makes me happy is, uh, you know, letting off the steam. Ah, I hear you. What are you thinking? Booze? Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, horse? Okay. Opium? Yup. Wearing pleated pants that are way too big? Oh, hey, hey. now you're speaking my language. Some suspenders to hold those things up? Amazing. Maybe Amazing. go down to the pier and knock a couple homeless people into the water? Oh, yeah, I see. That's, first of all, my favorite hobby ever. Could we also hunt human for game? I was going to say, I know a great place that you hunt human for game. So it's interesting that you said that. Yeah. You know what? And I think just we'll do it in an order that will surprise both of us. Okay. Yeah. I Start off with the opium, I think. Right. Yeah. But you always get so tired. (laughs) You You better not go sleeping (laughs) on me. You know me. That is me. Uh, Rest in peace, Pops. Boys, you may want to take this. Oh, Jesus Christ, what is it, Blanche? We just got a case, and it's a doozy. You need to figure out if this game's a dud, or the cat's pajamas. Dear Lord, what game? L.A. Noir. And that was that. We accepted the case. And it was up to us to determine whether L.A. Noir was worth remembering in the hallowed halls of history or to be tossed asunder like yesterday's meatloaf leftovers. It looked like our luck was turning around. We heard a local wallet thief, Riley Little, been pulled in for an interview. Oh, I, I like picking up wallets and uh, examining the backside for clues. That's my favorite part of L.A. Noir. Uh, I think. Didn't you two have it out once? Yeah, we never really did see eye to eye. Let's see what this chump has to say about L.A. Noir. I thought it was pretty revolutionary at the time, but uh, I think Mikey probably disagrees with me. 
Seriously, what is it between you two? I beat him at Smash one time and the kids never let it go. Wait, wait, hang on. They're asking about his least favorite part of L.A. Noir. I think, generally speaking, Mikey's take on L.A. Noir and most things is the least appealing aspect of L.A. Noir. Would it, you let me at that fucker, I'll kill him right now. Hey, hey, cool it, Mikey. That's enough for one day. Let's go back to the office. All right, yeah, get your hands off me. This clown said enough. We made our way back to the office, but there was one local vagrant we simply couldn't ignore. Because Blanche decided to let him into our offices while we were out being professionals. Bowers, I'm sorry, but in your office is a local vagrant. He overpowered me. He smells awful. Like it or not, we had to hear what John Doolong had to say about this game. Luckily, we didn't even have to ask him a question before he started rambling. L.A. Noir is an underrated gem of video games, uh, of just art in general. Uh, I think it's one of the uh, one of my top. This guy's like, nuts. Do you have any idea what he's talking uh, about? Not a single clue. Rockstar Games, period. Um, and I absolutely love it. Have loved it. Loved it when I picked it up on the PS3 when it first came out. I've since subsequently bought it on the PS4. Um, you know what? I'd buy it on the PS5, baby. I love that game. Okay. So, John, when did you first get this game? Um, I think it was a, it was a situation where I think I got it for my birthday. That sounded doubtful. All that anticipation and he still had to wait for someone to buy it for him. It was either his unbathed body or the story he was spewing, but something smelled fishy. On the, on the PS4, I've done a little bit of streaming with it and just like super enjoyed. Uh, All right, I've heard enough of this clown. This clown's just in it for the show. He's in it for the circus. He doesn't care about the game. Hang on, slow down. You know if we accuse him of it, he's gonna ask for proof. Here's all the proof I need. Andrew thrust his middle finger in John's face like a cross to a regular old Dracula. Blanche, get this guy out of here. I never want to see him again. L.A. Noir deserves four bits. L.A. Noir deserves four out of four. L.A. Noir deserves four bits. But even as he was LA leaving, I could keep hearing his crazy thoughts over and over again. Four out of four bits. The evidence was all around us, but it was too much to see clearly. We had gotten too close to it, like a moth to a flame. Which is both flammable and inflammable. Right. Your poor father. Well, looks like it's going to take years to figure out. Couple, five, prop... Probably 10 years. Yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah, a, like to the date. Yeah, like a nice even number, like a 10. Yeah, I'm thinking 10, ten years, years from, from now. 10 years from now. What? Huh? huh? What ten, are you talking about? 10, we got 10 years from now? Is it, I was just reading this letter oh, that what, I, I got. What's in the letter? Oh, it's just, it's from like a distant relative. Oh, okay. Who has the same name as me and, oh. and, and his partner is your name. Whoa. Apparently we have to figure out whether L.A. Noir is a good game. That's so weird. Yeah. It's, well, hmm. What, what do you have planned today? Not much. I guess yeah. we should just maybe, d oh wait, we got that podcast. Oh, we do. Do we yeah. have, do we have another episode of that coming up? Oh God, I hope not. All right, same. Well, I guess we could do L.A. Noir. All right, let's fucking do it then. Okay. And welcome to the Retrograde. The podcast where we remind you what you used to love and whether or not you still should. I'm Andrew Bascom. And I am Mikey Aaron Noir. <laughs> 
your face. Saying that <laughs> was like the most Muppet-esque I've ever seen that. Noir. I just wanted to make sure that noir came clear. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it was super clear. Was it super clear? Yeah. Was that- it ever clear so much for the afterglow? <laughs> Wow. That is, of course, Mikey Aaronworth. And we are doing it. We're doing the damn thing. It's the 10th anniversary of L.A. Noir, and the retrograde is doing L.A. Noir. We are. Uh, you know what? We noir. <laughs> <laughs> all episode. <laughs> um, so for those of you who are new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. Hey. Secondly, well, that was a little bit of a trip. That yeah. was different from what we normally do. But look, our distant relatives need us to figure out whether this is a good game and was a good game. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Typically, what we do on this podcast right. is take a look back at games that we used to play when we were kids. Usually, it's something that had a little bit of an effect on us mm. one way or another. We rate the game as we remember it, take a little bit of a break to play the game, play you some of that audio, and then we come back and rate and review the game as it stands up in the modern day against likes of modern games. Yep. And today is no different, Oh, my baby. goodness. So batten down the hatches, light up that cigar. Mm. Come and ride with me. We're going to go really far. Oh, my hey, God. You're doing baby. a song. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's an era-proof song. It could be from any era. <laughs> any era. You know. This so, is 2035 is what that era is from. <laughs> so as even though we've done a few things different, and we will do a few things different, we have an interview with Riley, Riley Little coming up we again. We do. We do. The first three-timer guest. Um, you know, we're and we obviously did the little introduction with, and that was a lot of fun, but we're doing the same thing. We're going to review L.A. Noir, and it's the 10th anniversary of L.A. Noir coming out. It is, and we've kind of been pining to do this game, Chris pining to do this game for quite a while. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast. It's secretly one of the most talked about or referenced games on this podcast because I think our opinions are so split on it. And now here's where I am interested Mm. to come in. He leads into his point (laughs) by saying, um, you you started off. They knew! (laughs) Um, I was thinking a literal spotlight, that's even better. Yeah, yeah. A Mark Ruffalo spotlight. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo in this situation. Yeah. Um, so I I am curious about what your overall opinion is, because when we started off talking about L.A. Noir, you were making fun of the game with me, and somewhere along the line, yeah. your opinion changed. Well, I, it's not that... I, I, I think I think your opinion and my opinion has changed, but I think it's it's mostly the fact that this game is incredibly memorable. No matter how you feel that about I it. That I agree with. It is it is a level of there is a level of iconic to it because there it did something very different. And whether that could be something comical to you, and I think that's one of the things is like I w- fall in love with the the clothing and the cars and the atmosphere and the city, the cityscape and the way they talk and the story breakdown I think is all very fascinating. The to me it's very funny then the easiest the easiest little like tagline you can make fun of is like, huh? And you look up and you look down and you look to the side <laughs> and you're like, hmm, and you bite your lip and you're like, I think he's lying. And they're like, he's telling the truth. You're like, no way. Um, well, that's that's the the problem that I have, and I've expressed this before on the podcast. Is this is a game? If you if you're not familiar with this game, what fucking rock have you been ooh. living under? First of all, secondly, um, welcome to life. I guess you've been sleeping for the last ten years. Yeah, stop. Go play this game play and this come game. back. You got to have at least a reference point. But, yeah. But a lot of this game revolves around the idea of interviews and engaging in in interviews as a detective in order to try to determine whether or not someone is lying to you to get their story straight. And that's obviously paired with the most logical gameplay uh, uh, match matchup of car chases and gunfights, which which is just what you'd expect from an interview game. Yep. Um, But in the interviews, I always had trouble navigating between what the game was trying to be and the meta 
uncanny valley version of what an on-screen lie is supposed to look yes. like. Am I seeing a tick? Am I seeing a graphical issue? Right. Am I seeing something the director is telling the actor to do? Right. And that- and if and if you get to that point, it takes away the fun of nuance, the yes. fun of that subtlety, because then it becomes Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's punch out, or Mike Tyson's punch out, or Mike Tyson's punch out. Don't touch me, Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, is is you do that thing where you're like, okay, so he punches three times to his left, then pauses, and yes. I can hit him. That become that that logic gets applied to a game with facial ticks and lying, and that's not as much fun because you're like, uh, it's it's. I, I always talk about this in the movie Rounders. Okay, yes, John Malkovich. Oh my god, the, John Malkovich, the most realistic interpretation of poker. In it's, cinema history, I, I as a gambler, I like this movie, and it is one of the better gambling movies. Only to speak about how often bad, bad gambling movies there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Malkovich's tick in this poker game, high end poker game, is he eats an Oreo when he has a good hand. He talks to the Oreo well, when he, he has splits a, it yes. and licks it. Yes, and, and it's not he could just crunch into one. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's when he opens it up and licks it very sexually. Yes, that's when he's like, I got her like a royal flush. That is an insane over-the-top so tick. crazy. And if this game did that, I think we'd be like, toss it in the trash. Get this right, thing out of here. Right, right, But the act of randomness is also not appreciated because it's hard to find logic applied to it. Yeah, it's. I think that's ultimately where, like, if I'm sitting and having a conversation, let's say I'm sitting in a room with someone who okay. I barely can put up with, and um, we both have okay. microphones in front of our face, and right. this guy is saying, I love this game, but uh-huh. I know he used to say he hated this game. Right. And I'm just using logic to determine this guy's fun with me that's easy enough but is, if you, is this like a made-up situation it's completely made up oh, this okay. is purely hypothetical oh okay um but if if there's a similar situation where i know that somebody that that this person has like a headphone in their ear yeah and is being told to like make different facial yeah. things and i'm trying to now not only connect your logical reactions to what the truth is right but i'm trying to determine what this extra element of of like puppetry is going on behind the scenes to figure out like are you just mistranslating what a right. tick is or is this a natural reaction? Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's, we, we are, this is clearly how much we have to talk about this. We're going right at right it. Right into it. Oh yeah, so I, actually before you go <laughs> yeah. on to this point, I should say normally what I say right after introducing the theme of the podcast, I, I very explicitly say, but before that we take a 20 minute right turn and talk about nothing to do with the game for a while. We are going straight into the game on this one yeah. because it is a very LA noir. It's the 10th year anniversary. We got to give it its due. You're lucky you didn't get an LA North theme month. Okay. So <laughs> this is one episode. You're welcome. Um, no, I, I, I agree with you because then you're doing that really meta stupid thing where you start going. So I think that's, you start double layering it where you go, they're doing that to make me think to do this. Exactly. And that's why I should do the other thing. Exactly. And you're like, wait, no, you're, you lose all surface level stuff, which is, which is the point of playing this game. If once you start getting into like the, like the ones and zeros, then you've lost the video game entirely. It, it becomes like a game of mastermind, you know, or, or like, or like a, a memory. One of memory, those what, yeah. Yeah, memory where, where you like flip up a card and you're like, okay, I, I see a square on that card. And then you flip up another card later and you're like, okay, that's a square, but there's no logic to where those two cards are placed. Yeah. You just have to come about it from pattern recognition as opposed to human interaction. And if that is the puzzle in a game, mm-hmm. cool. But this game marketed itself as, as basically a a true-to-life detective story where right. where that's what they were saying was so good about it is mm-hmm. that it was like a human interaction and right. that's not what I got out of it. But I think for the people that this game worked on, 
they didn't get in their own head about all of the different variables. They just kind of treated it as what's on the screen. Yeah. And because I think, they're dumb. Oh, okay. All right. There we go. I think it's it's funny because Mikey and I clearly just know each other. We've talked about this game. We're cutting to the point that will probably be the most contentious area. And we're not talking about the stuff that we agree about. Mm-hmm. And that, and there's a lot to this game. You know what I mean? Yes. Even, even, even though I'm not going to put words in your mouth here, but like, even though you might not uh, think this is a Stone Cold classic, there are areas of this game that you appreciate. The 1947 LA. Yes. Modeled exactly after what 1947 LA looks like. I know. Fantastic. Beautiful. The, the music, music, the aesthetic, yeah, the, the hats, yep. the, the shoes. Hats. <laughs> the hat budget was insane. <laughs> um, and I just even think, I think where it was 10 years ago today, to look back and, first of all, to think it's only 10 years kind of blows my mind. Yeah, I know, I um, know. And then the other one is that even 10 years ago to do something that they're like, all these actors are actually voicing it, actually yes. emoting it, all the, was like revolutionary. And now that's like, well, if it's a AAA game and an actor is not putting on a suit, we go like, well, what the hell's going on here? For sure. You know? And so it's it's funny to think that there are parts of this, like the cars and even that the cars drive like boats, like they do, yep. like they're not like supercars that fly through. I, I think it's there's a lot about this game that is just, is just dripping with like really coolness that I think is very memorable and why this game is stuck in our heads, good or bad. It's, and, and this, this is where we're going to run into a little bit of uh, an issue because it's it's produced by Rockstar, but it's developed by Team Bondi. Yes. Uh, a a one-hit wonder Team Bondi because <laughs> this was the only game that they made. This game was in development from 2004 onwards. So it was Jeez. a seven-year production cycle uh, or development cycle. The, the, the thing is, though, I'm often going to compare this to other Rockstar games because people do. That's, that's a comparison yeah. that's made, but it's not quite the same as saying Grand Theft Auto. But this does have a similar feeling of Grand Theft Auto in the sense that, or Red Dead, which we talk about a lot on this podcast, in the sense that everything that's in the game is beautiful. I love the world that I'm living in. I love the tone and the atmosphere. What I don't like about every Rockstar game, with some exceptions, is the game itself. Mm -hmm. And this one's no exception. Yes, I love living in 1947 LA. I think they fucking knocked that out of the park. I think think the the cutscenes and and all that are amazing. I love living in it. Yeah, the story. But then you put the controller in my hand and Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah, and I think, like, honestly a part of this too could be broken into it. And it, as much as it is not a direct Rockstar production, right. there is Rockstar written all over this game. 100%. The way it shoots, the way yep. you run, the controls. You could pick up any game and the controls are the exact same. Yes. You know what I mean? And, uh, and it, within few exceptions. Uh, so it does become a litmus test of, do you like Rockstar games or not? Right. It is kind of like this because you just made the argument of saying, it's cool, the aesthetic's really interesting, the story's really good. Yep. Clearly they put a lot of time and care into this. That could be any Rockstar game. Like you, any, it basically is yes, every Rockstar white game. label it and just, and then put it in a new world at different time, new actors. Right. And that's a new Rockstar game. Like that's, there's no difference between GTA or Red Dead or this in that explanation. Yeah. It's just when you get to the gameplay, is it for you or not? Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is I think that if they stuck to their guns and ironically removed guns from this game yeah. and removed the chase sequences and all that, And I I know that that's hard to do because so much of the film noir aesthetic has to do with a little bit of a chase scene, like the kind of haphazard running through the city and the streets and you're like brogues as they're like the wood soul brogues as you're sliding all over the place. But playing those, I did, I never beat this game. And the reason I never beat it is like, cause I got to one, I, I put over 20 hours at 25 hours, I think something along those lines. And I got to one sequence where it was a chase scene. I was already kind of 
failing, like dying a little bit in it. Like my my excitement for the game was was fading. And then there's a chase sequence through the movie set, I remember. And you're chasing a, a perp, whatever you call them. And I died a couple times and I'm like, this is actively unfun. And I think mm. this was the first moment that I realized that I don't really love Rockstar games yep. as much as I, I thought that I once mm-hmm, did. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately it came at this point in time. Oh, there you go. Um, See? But well, you you beat this game back in the oh day. Oh yeah, I like, definitely yeah, beat this yeah. game. I I do like Rockstar games as as a whole. That's, I don't. Yes, that's. I true. don't always agree with them. I don't always agree with some of the messaging. But as a whole, like your you favorite know, character in any Rockstar game is the uh, is Trevor. The, Oh, is Trevor, Trevor from no, GTA Five? I was going to say the NPC in um, in Vice City that walks around in a bikini and just oh, has like is just like the the gay homophobic. stereotype. Yeah, 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 yeah. The most homophobic stereotype. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. Them trying to be on cutting edge always will age themselves very poorly. Often, yes. Uh, Except in Red Dead. Red Dead's different. I was just going to say only in GTA. Yes. Because there's other stuff in like Bully, which we've gone back to play, and some other stuff where you're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. Like, that's really interesting. And I think this game might be very similar like that, because Red Dead has a lot of like depictions that are actually very, um, you know, someone could correct me. So if they do, that's totally fine. But it feels like they went out of their way to make things correct, Uh, especially some portrayals of indigenous people. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. And all that kind of stuff and the actors that they used and things. So that's that's all very interesting. It just, when it comes to GTA, does it stands out like a sore thumb sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And and we'll see maybe some of this. When was the last time you played this game, actually? Uh, it would have been a couple of years ago. Okay, so so we're, we're, we're both dealing with a decent gap. I haven't played it since 2011. Ooh. I also want to say, leading up to this game, yeah. and you'll hear it, I think, in the interview with Riley Little later on, that this is one of the most anticipated games I've ever played. I was so excited for this game. And I honestly don't believe that my expectations versus the reality of the game is what made me dislike it because Hmm. the game was reviewed very well. It had a Metacritic score of 89 out of 100. You have publication companies like Game Informer. Informer. Giving it an 8.7 out of 10. GameSpot a 9 out of 10. IGN an 8.5 out of 10, which actually surprised me because I kind of thought that this game was more of a joke. But that I think I just hmm. internalized. Yeah. Um, but clearly a lot of people thought that it did live up to the hype and, yeah. and it hype and it just didn't for me. Were you were you excited about this game? Oh when my it was god. This up? is like this is something out of a fever dream for me. You yeah. know what I mean? I love old Hollywood. I love I love old movies. That one page poster you'd get like on, you know, it's just eleven. We're not talking about like, you know, magazines and stuff like that. But we were talking about websites. So that that one page poster that they had of like the, you know, the old writing and the kind of hand pastel drawn uh character models and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is built for me. Also, yep. I I pl- I come across story uh, story. There, I just gave away the answer. I come across video games for story. I right, really right, like right. the portrayal of em- embodying these people and going through their lives. I think, and that and that's why Rockstar maybe is a better you know uh, system for me because I, the controls. It's like, oh, it's very simple. It's right, very right, simple, right, right, right. like painfully simple. Whereas someone, and I don't want to make aspersions to you, but like big, bigger ones like Bloodborne, which is like complicated and the controls are really like sure. important and like, yep. you know, your your skill level is in, incredibly important to how well you do in the game. Right. Rockstar's not like that. No, and you're right. it's more intermediary, whereas my player one, who's not a big video game player, can pick up a Rockstar game and go, this is great. I feel like a superhero. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it really makes you this, and, and you know, again, not to cast aspersions from, from my end either, but- you better it, not. It, <laughs> not towards you, but- to your player one. Oh my god. Fuck. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you know what? Honestly. Yeah, screw it. Ah, screw, screw it. it. Uh, you want kiss? 
Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, that was nice. Yeah, let's not do it again. Yeah. Um, I. Oh. It's it's more. The, uh, I mean, you know, maybe uh, later. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I think it's more about the fact that if you're if you're seasoned in the realm of video games and you're used to recognizing patterns and mechanics, these games can become easy to the point of being boring. Yes. The gameplay itself. The gameplay, yeah. Um, there are ways to sort of, you know, manually increase the difficulty mm -hmm. by giving yourself mm -hmm. different weapons to play and things like that. But ultimately what it comes down to is, yes, I'm the same way. I play a lot of games for story as well. The problem is, in a case like this, I don't think you need that additional gameplay because that feels redundant to me. Yep. I just want to get, like Red Dead specifically, I want to see the next story beat. And instead, I'm driving a horse all the way across. Oh, the, oh horses! horses! Oh, no! Horses! Ride like the wind, bullseye! You're a good podcast. Nay, nay, nay! Oh, my God, we can't even escape it in the L.A. Noir episode. Yeah. <laughs> Noir horse! <laughs> what's, what's more synonymous with uh, 1947 L.A. than horses? Um, <laughs> Uh, no, but it's 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 uh, that that sense of like I just want to get the story moving forward. So that's why in in the case of Elaine Noir, ultimately it was a chase sequence that right. made me think I don't I don't want to do this. Yeah, I, I had the same feeling going through the interviews though, which were the things that even though I make fun of them, probably that I enjoyed the most about the game. Yeah, um, because of how new they were and different. But I have the same feeling when I'm playing an interview in this game as I do in a Metal Gear game when I'm trying to make my way through a stealth sequence, and I mm. keep kind of fucking my way up but still getting to the end of it regardless yeah yep. and i'm like i guess it didn't go the way i wanted it to but i'm here now so yeah cool. I, I one of the parts i liked about this game is it wasn't pass fail it wasn't like you fucked that interview yes up. you got which you, is great you gotta try it again like i remember one in the beginning there's a there's a guy like there's like a guy that's leaving his wife but he does it kind of in a messy way and, and fakes his own death and i remember you interview his friend and if you screwed up the interview, like I did, the only reason I know this, yeah. is that the guy's like, oh, okay, and he's kind of like onto him, so he leaves and we have to tail him. Instead, if I got it right, he would have said, he's at my apartment, just go here, it's at this one. Now we tail him, and so he, he answers the door, and the guy I'm looking for is behind him, and it's like, oh, fuck. But I've also seen that if you just knocked on the door, the guy would have answered the door. Oh, cool. And so, like, I like that level of nuance to that game. I said that word a couple times now, but it's like, I like that level where it isn't just like, game over, try again, yeah. you know? You gotta do it again. I think the other thing I wanna say, too, is about, like, I've uh, we've talked about on this podcast a lot. There are no... Real gamers, fake gamers, fake games, 100%. real games. Yeah. You play a video game, you're a video gamer. Whatever game that, you like, that's cool for me. I don't, yeah. Absolutely. How that game handles, the difficulty, all that kind of stuff, that's up to you. That's a that's more of an interest and like your choice kind of thing. So when we say these things about like controls or Rockstar, not Rockstar, what are these things? That's no judgment. That's just your interests yes. and your choice. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So I think, and then the last thing I want to say is, it's interesting, the 10 year difference between these two things. If this game came out in 2021, I bet you anything, those chase scenes, the put in, fake gun scenes that are things I bet you those aren't in the game because they are more trustworthy of a gamer 100%. at this point and we we can't lose sight of the fact that this was one of the most expensive games ever made at this point in time <laughs> ask team bondi <laughs> ask team bondi 50 million dollars yeah. for for a new studio insane and I think if if I'm a producer and I'm laying some of that money down right. I want to see guns I want to see chase sequences I want you I want this to be a blockbuster yeah of 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 proportions we've never seen in the video game the industry. The floor before. needs to come up on the video game. It can't fail at that exactly. point. You know, you got to you got to you can't take the chances. So, we'll, we'll throw in a few gun scenes. Exactly. You know I mean? yeah. Exactly. And I think that there are games now that deal with communication and and uh interviews and right. understanding lies and mistrust and and misdeeds and 
whatever. Um, yeah, that, that a lot of misses. That do, a lot of misses, yeah. yeah. Uh, just like I figure this game was back in 2011. <laughs> um, the, so so 50, a budget of $50 million. One other cool thing just to get the, the time and place aesthetic that this game did is they actually, they used images from an aerial photographer back at the time to, oh. to map the city, which is really neat. And they also went back to newspaper clippings from around this time to find weird murders and crimes. Whoa. To not necessarily base them off of them realistically, but there was like the red lipstick murder was a headline that they read. And then they're like, let's write a case around wow. that and like what that could be. So those sorts of things are really neat. That's cool. A lot of love and care went into this game. Clearly they clearly. invented new technology for it in terms of the motion capture of the faces and yeah. everything. Um, and it's, it's up for interpretation whether you think that landed or not yep um we'll get into it in our interview with riley but i think ultimately they missed the mark in the facial mapping because they don't use that technology anymore and no. i would argue that now it's better than it than it was then it was i remember it being a little uncanny valley stuff yes. where which is something we're gonna say in the future it's just because like you 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 see them and you're like you're like that looks so good uh, but something's wrong. Right. You know, like it looks perfect it, and, and the emotion is so strong in them and then you're like, but it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. I, I agree. It, uncomfortable and just, and just questioning whether or not you're reading too much into it or not, which goes into you know, back what I was saying in, in the first place yeah. where I'm like, am I reading a human being or am I reading a video game character? And yes. that disconnect was hard to, to bridge. But Andrew, we, we've talked about our experience oh, with the game and, and, and how much we played it and whether we liked it or not. Do we want to get into our reviews of the game before we go into the interview with I, Riley? I think we have to. We have to because this letter that we got is kind of, I, I think we're the first people who have to give our impressions on whether or not this game's good, right? Oh, goodness. Absolutely. A lot's, a lot's hanging in the balance here. A lot is hanging in the balance. Um, and as James Franco looks at us and says first time oh the, the ballad of buster scraggs yeah it's yeah, yes. just a good meme that's a, a good meme, meme. God, can, can we explain memes for a bit yeah so um <laughs> i actually pronounce them mimi uh, oh, because no. i love the drew carey show and uh <laughs> <laughs> i love the gifs of the memes <laughs> um uh my favorite uh my favorite character or my favorite actor in uh in in jurassic park oh yeah jiff goldblum <laughs> oh, no. oh no andrew oh no i hate that <laughs> Um, okay, so for those of you who are new or may have just forgotten, Andrew and I each give these games two specific rankings. The first ranking out of four bits is our review based on what the game meant to us growing up as though we're reviewing it back when it first came out. Then we take a bit of a break to revisit the game and give it its second ranking, also out of four bits, which represents how the game holds up in the modern day. That said, every game will receive an ultimate score out of a possible 16 bits with eight of those bits coming from Andrew, four for the retro score, four for the current score, and eight for myself. Same mm. breakdown. So Andrew, yeah. why don't you break it down and keep in mind yeah. as you do so, I'm going to be questioning whether I believe you. Oh, my goodness. I promise I'm telling the truth. X to doubt, X to <laughs> doubt, X to doubt. No, no, stop doubting me. Um, uh, doubt, obviously, Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Meryl Streep. A real callback to the beginning. We were obsessed oh, with that movie. Doubt, yeah. We thought about doing Doubtcast. Doubtcast, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Which a lot of people cast on our podcast in terms of its potential for success. <laughs> okay, so here's my review of Four Bits. Uh, what I thought 10 years ago today. You know, it's funny. I, I so desperately want to give this four bits. And, and, and because it is just so clearly at the top of mind, even after 10 years of a game that I can remember so much for. I just told you what happened in a mission yes. 10 years ago yep. and I, identically what happened in my head. I also think about it in this way too, that when, we, when like my player one will play a video game, I'll be like, I need to download all the classics so that she can play these games, okay. right? So she can have like a, a library of games in her mind of the, the things that I knew the I loved. Stones, as though like you're, t you're showing her the Godfather for the first time exactly. or something. Yeah. And it's only a few of them. And a few of them, we haven't done in this podcast, so I'm not going to mention them sure. because that'll give away my score. But it's like, 
this is one of those games. And 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 even though I, I agree with you in the next 10 years, it kind of sags like in between two camels humps, which are the high part. Like you and I joke, cause it's like, isn't it funny when they look around and you can't figure out whether they're telling the truth or not? Yeah, that's dumb. But man, in 2011, I did not think it was dumb. And so I, I so desperately was like, well, I'm gonna give it three, three and a half. Absolutely, no, whatever. I have not stopped thinking about this game in 10 years. Yeah. How could I not give it a four? Yeah. I, it is literally is at the top of mind at any time. It is a huge, bold swing that was, that, you know, success can vary, but it, it made an impression on me and I can't think about how I wouldn't give this four. That's fair. And now keep in mind, it's, it's worth saying again, this score is very subjective. Our, our retro score is very subjective. It's what the game meant to us, not as reviewers, yeah. just as kids who played the game back yeah. when it when it came out. And that's why I need to say that before giving this review. Okay. Uh-oh. Because everyone, everyone is going to question everything that I've just said after I give it this review. Doubt. Uh, every, everyone's going to doubt yeah. what I said after giving yeah. it this review. But you need to keep in mind that I still pumped almost 30 hours into this game. I'm still to this day a firm believer that you do not have to finish a game in order to have enjoyed it. There's a a debate going on right now if you need to finish the game to review it, and I agree with that. Hmm. You do need to finish the game to give it a formal review and a score. You can give your opinion, but that's a difference. Yeah, I Um, I only watched an hour of the movie. It's not good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's not fair. Yeah. Um, But this is a game I spent a ton of time with. Even when it wasn't working... In the similar, in a similar way to Red Dead Two, it's 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 not working, but it's not working on me. And if other, if it is working on other people, which I know that it was, then there's something to it. And I've been the same. I've thought about this game time and time again. And when I make fun of this game, it's not to say that it was a complete. It's not fucking ET. We're not bearing this in mm-hmm. a landfill. Nope. But I need to pull a bit harder on the other side to make sure the perception of this game falls closer <laughs> to where it needs to be. Yeah. That said. This is a three out of four for me. Whoa! Which is higher than a lot of people are going to think. Okay, I thought with that build up, first of all, I thought, what is my partner here? Told Timothy Oliphant? Because there's a lot of Justify going on here. Uh, and then the second thing I thought, oh man, a one is coming or something. No, no. And, and the reason, no, so it's the opposite. The reason why I'm, I'm qualifying it as much as I am is because I've kind of just shat on this game. Yep. Um, up up until this wow. point. But the reason it's a three is because I still put a ton of time into it. Yep. Up until the point where I disliked it, I liked it. And then once I started disliking it, it's like the sh- the blinders were taken off and mm-hmm. I started to see it for what it was. But that didn't come until after I'd spent more time than I spend with most games. I don't spend yeah. 30 hours with every game that I play. Yeah, and there's been a lot of bad games you've played in your life. And yet this is the one we joke about. I hate, I know this sounds stupid, that means something. No, it absolutely does. Yeah. If, if it were just a shit, if this were Metal Wolf Chaos. Oh, actually, yeah. No, but that's bad for a similar reason. We it's like, it's it. so fucking absurd. But the, but problem, yeah. the, the problem with this premise is that we are thinking uh, the, shitty, the game has to be so shitty, we don't remember it. Yes, so exactly. that game, which is probably tens of games, yeah. it's one of those games. It's not. It's a game that we talk about, we joke about. You know, same thing, what reason why we did Assassin's Creed. We joke about Assassin's Creed all the right, time. Right. Yet, I bet it's memorable. You know it's, what I mean? It's absolutely memorable. So. And I'd be curious, actually, to see. So Assassin's Creed... I I talk so much shit about Assassin's Creed. You do. 
I gave it a two and a half in the retro score. Well, there you go. So it's similar. This game did enough mm-hmm. to keep me interested. And and one thing I love, like I, my favorite industry in the world is the video game industry. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily for the way they treat their, the people who work. <laughs> oh it, no, it. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love the business of video games. I love video games as a concept. I love the community. And anyone who's trying to take money and put it towards pushing the industry forward, that's a good step yep. in my book. Yep. And I think they got a lot right and a lot wrong, but it's more on the side of good than it is evil. For the current score, that may be very different. We'll and that's see. what we're going to find out. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a longer discussion about maybe the, the ramifications of L.A. Noir since it's come out uh, and maybe where we are with the current video games and how it's affected that mm-hmm. since. But before we get to that, so that's a seven out of eight. That's a seven out of eight. Ooh, it's a very good score. Okay. Sheesh. Sheesh. Uh, so that won't age as fuck. Is, is, uh, is, before we get to the actual game That was playing. so chuggy. <laughs> God, it's chuggy to say chuggy. Um, is before we get to actually playing this game, which first of all, I'm so excited to do, we got to have on Riley Little, mm-hmm. our video game expert, our resident video game expert to help. Uh, our resident on. evil video game expert. Oh, yes. Oh my yes. God, so, so evil. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give a quick shout out to ANC Video Games, oh. the lovely local Toronto company that uh, <laughs> gives us uh, access to all these games so that we don't have to resort to mods and emulators yeah. and things like that. They have a lot of old school games, used games. They've got board games, action figures, all that Cards, sort of thing. merch, apparel. And they sell online at AC Games Online, ah. or you can find them locally in Toronto if you're, if you're here at... 452 Spadina Avenue. Yeah, go check them out. Honestly, they're so great. And uh, and we get to play old games like this. Old games. God damn it. <laughs> 10 years ago. God, I was an adult. Okay, I cannot wait to go play this game. But first, Riley Little, then we go play the game. Sounds good to me. We'll see you guys on the other side of the other side. That's the truth. And we're back on the retrograde with the returning, defending, all-time, most guested <laughs> person of all time for the retrograde podcast. Of course, we have Riley <laughs> With us. That was perfect. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. How that was you? so it's good. Going, it's going well. I just here's my thing: is yeah. I don't like when you come onto my show mm. and you're called the champion. Mm. So I think maybe we have to do that again, Andrew. And I don't know if you're editing or I'm editing this right, week, right. but um, I don't want to show these colors to the audience, but they're being shown right now. Uh, <laughs> and how dare you call someone else a champion? That's all I'm going to say. You don't want to show your petulant child colors. <laughs> yeah, and where and where is my bowl of red uh, M and M's only that I ask for in my rider before we record every episode, just to prove they read it? Are you guys ready for another? Yeah, are you ready for a third time guest? Because I feel like you have a lot of internal things you need to work out. I... <laughs> guest or this not? This is why some some uh, some relationships open up to like third parties and, and go swing just to save their own marriage, so they can like focus some of their attention elsewhere. That's where we're at right now. We're one conversation away from saying we should have a child just to save the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and Riley, this is why we're bringing you here today. Oh, we have, we have a lot to talk about. Absolutely. And boy, do we. Of course, this is a game that we've teased out, that we've talked about, that we've made jokes about for a long time. And it, of course, is the 10th anniversary of L.A. Noir. And, and we had to have you on. You are our most accredited guest when it comes to video games. And so we had to come on and talk about this incredibly seminal Mikey. Vesicle. Thank you. Uh, moment in, in video games. <laughs> I, I have to do this with him. He's going to do it one, one way or another. So I just it's better if I set you up. So, yeah. L.A. Noir, Riley, was this a game that was important to you? Yeah, I, th- I feel like it was important to, like, the industry at the time. Right. Like, when that game first came out, like, I, you've never seen, like, emotion in, in, like, character faces like that before. 
Some might argue that even after that game, we still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely argue that too. But like at the time, it was like so crazy because you'd be interviewing these people, and then you'd have to like gauge like their reactions and their ticks, and you know what their face was saying versus what they were actually saying. So I think uh, it was t- Team Bondi who did it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, like I think they just knocked it out of the park. Like that was such like a big game at the time. It's just unlike anything else that was available, and the budget on it was absurd. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's interesting you say that because they 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 knocked knocked it out of the park when it comes to the idea. I agree with that. This was legitimately one of my most anticipated games of all time. And I'm not saying that, like, I don't think that's why, I mean, it's no secret that this game did not land for me when I played it. And I joke about how bad this game is, in my opinion, <laughs> um, often on this podcast. So I'm not trying to hide that before we fully review it. But the idea of it was fantastic. You know, a video game where the premise is not to shoot and to kill or to find or to climb or to run or to drive. You know, there's an element of that. But it was to engage with people and yeah. interview and 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 learn their tics, like you said, my question is though, when you're playing this game and 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 a character has a tick, or you know looks up into the right or something, were you able to differentiate? Because this is where I wasn't. Were you able to di- to differentiate between an actor acting and something that the director said, do this thing because we want to show them that you're lying now? I couldn't. I couldn't read them as like actual liars. I had to read them as what would the director want this person. To get them to do, I th- yeah, I think I think the beauty of that kind of came in like playing through it like multiple times. Yeah. Oh my God! Why? What? Yeah. Really? Like, but that's like, but that's the thing. Like, my brother, this is probably one of his favorite games of all time, and he's played through it like seven or eight times, <laughs> and he always goes back to it. When he was born, did your parents lock him in the basement with just this game? <laughs> Uh, I was in the basement. It was an attic, but yeah. Okay. Uh, he's an attic <laughs> to this game, you might say. Yeah, he's an, yeah, there you go. Mikey, you have a tough time with this game because reading faces is not part of your firmware update. And so <laughs> you're just jealous that a video game mastered this idea and you're like, what? But how? How? No, it's that they get to be programmed to show emotion and I have to pretend to have it. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> Well done. If you replayed it a couple times, maybe you learned something, dude. Oh. See, it's interesting, though, because just the concept of replaying it is bizarre to me because then you're kind of like in the same way when you're, uh, uh, you know, Andrew and I play a lot of games coming out of the, the 80s and 90s where the premise is that you learn the level and where right. enemies are appearing off screen and how you're going to interact with them uh, when when they come. And you learn the patterns of the level. To me, this would have to be the opposite in order to succeed. Something that you could put in the hands of your parents and they could do well at because it just comes to reading human emotion. If it only gets good the second and third time through, doesn't that mean you're just kind of recognizing the patterns of what lies characters are telling? Or are you able to just kind of get a better sense of the way that emotion translates into the game when you're playing it a second and third time? Well, yeah, well, I think it's a matter of like, yeah, the more you play it, the more time you have to like look at people and see what their ticks are versus like going in and like trying to assume what it is. Because like, uh, you know, like I think that's kind of what it is. Not that people like there are guides for this game, so you can just like just cheat your way through it. Right. But it kind of deprives you of what the intended experience is. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. So so basically when you're when it's almost like in that way, Mike Tyson's punch out where you need to learn what to look for in an enemy to anticipate what's coming. 
kind of yeah because everyone has a different tick like they, they don't yeah. every time they lie they don't go oh gee yeah. or like, yeah. like they, you know like they don't do that but everyone has something different about them that you can kind of actually cool figure i've out. never heard that argument about it I, I like that i like that Andrew, did you, is that, is that the same kind of thing that you had? Well, yeah. Like, cause you, you, this is, this is what I don't get, Andrew, is <laughs> you've both on this podcast said that you like this game and hated it. You've made fun of it with me and you've also said you loved it. So now is your chance to stick your foot either in your mouth uh-huh. or firmly on the ground okay. one way or the other. Do you <laughs> like this? Is this, is this your, is this your jam? I, I, I think this game, see, there, there are more favorite games than I have than L.A. Noir, but it's, it's hard not to look back, and especially in the premise of this podcast, and see how both unique and important this game was on a couple of different scales. This is a game of nuance. This isn't a game of ones and zeros. This isn't fail or pass. And if my memory is correct, it's it, there isn't these moments where, like, you didn't guess correctly. Game over. Like, there are ways to work your way around. There are many different ways to the solution. I think that's kind of the part that I think is really kind of incredibly unique and, like, what a, what a different way to look at video games instead of not making the jump or not shooting the guy correctly. You can actually work your way through there, like kind of like in normal normal society. Then the other one too is the budget and the actors and the face reading and the face mapping and, and the scope of the world is so, so big that I think I, I marvel at it. And while the game was kind of goofy and fun at different times and didn't, didn't maybe nail the seriousness of the, you know, the excitement going into it, it is hard not to look back and go, whoa, that game was onto something that we never, maybe have never even touched again since then. Although I think, I think, I think it would have been, it would have been touched, I think, more often. It's interesting because that's what this, what it took to get the video game industry to pay attention to a concept like this was a a high concept game, big budget game like this. But now there are a lot more indie games doing it doing this having the same concept but doing it in a much smaller way papers please would be one of them there was uh, a lot of these even fmv games that come in have to do with the concept of interviewing someone uh and and kind of gauging what what it is that they're saying whether they're lying and what pieces of information you can trust uh but i i i agree as well that that the best part of this game is the the lack of or, or the the limit of fail states in interviews. It's kind of like David Cage in a way who did like Indigo Prophecy and Heavy Rain where he wants to limit the number of times you see a game over screen. You've just either helped or hurt yourself for the future, um, which right. is much more true to life and, and I think is something that more games should do. I've said in the past, I don't think all games need to have death. And, and, yeah. and the number of games that you, when you explain to me that yes, a game does need it, like Death Stranding would be one of them for me. Uh, I can always find a way to think, well, like, I think there's a different option and, and maybe it's time we explore that kind of like they were doing back in the day. Um, Riley, you, you, uh, also talked, you know, about replaying this game, your brother as well. Um, is, is there any, is there any, quite often, which is fucking bizarre to me, but I passed it. And, and the reason I asked that is, because, Hey, that's my brother, man. <laughs> yeah. But right now we're talking through a screen and you can't hurt me. Okay. okay. All right. Fair. This, this style of game though, is this something that you seek out now? And have you, have you been able to scratch that itch since this in a similar way? And if so, what, what game would that have been with? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like that type of genre is pretty limited now. I feel like maybe maybe you saw some of it in some of like the Telltale games, like True. The Walking yeah. Dead and stuff. That's, like that's actually, sort of, you know what? That's good. Yeah, I I think that is a good comparison. Yeah. But outside of that, like I, I don't really know if we've had the opportunity to kind of explore that genre or that take on right. on a detective game since. So yeah, 
I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I play, there's a different, like a bunch of different types of games that I enjoy playing. And I feel mm-hmm. like the older I've gotten and the more time I've been in the industry, like I've found like the games that I like versus like the blockbusters I feel obligated to play. True. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of like sift through that way. But since there hasn't really been anything like LA Noir since, like it's hard to seek out more of that type of title. Have right. you, have you played Papers, Please? Uh, no, I haven't, but everybody loves it. It's great, and it's not... I, I'm going to get flack for trying... Like, if people think I'm drawing a one-to-one comparison, I'm not. But there is this element of subjectivity, and you're always going to get some things wrong. Uh, but it's it's about how the story progresses based on your decisions and actions and your interpretation of different people. Um, that it and, and that, if, if you are looking for something that will scratch that itch, that's that's one of them that, that you mm. should try. And Andrew, I don't know, if have you ever played Papers, Please? No, I didn't. I, I didn't, but I want to talk about something that Riley just said there, too, is that I wonder, one of the big questions I almost want to leave the podcast with about L.A. Noir, and, and maybe this will give me satisfaction of the answer I've been looking for, is whether this game was successful or not. And, and I understand what success means to mm. everybody is different. Oh, okay. It means financially. It means critically. It could be, you know, much like Riley's brother, who's now the star of the podcast. You know, he played <laughs> seven, eight times. He must have loved it. So, you know, it's one of those things. But was this game successful because of the lack of copycats, which is usually a sign of success? Um, you wonder, maybe the industry got scared off because of this huge budget. Did they make their money back? Did They they must have. It sold really well. It got good you know, critical rating. But why didn't we see that replication afterwards? Maybe it wasn't successful? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it, like the game got remastered for newer consoles. You know, it's on. You can play it on Nintendo right. Switch right now if you want. Like, if you want, I don't I like. like that I, I don't know if you if you want. Uh, I, I I don't know. Like, I feel like it did okay, but I mean, obviously, we know the fate right. of Team Bondi now too, mm-hmm. which is it's it's completely gone. So I'm assuming it did well, but I believe they also really mismanaged the budget on it. Well, I mean, you almost have to ask what budget. Like, wh- where were they getting direction as to how much they could spend? It was just so... This game was so expensive. They threw everything at the wall. Andrew, before we were recording, you had mentioned something about there being 400 actors in this game. Yeah, 400 actors in the That's game. It's crazy. Um, which is mind-boggling. And you know what's so funny? I'm glad you brought up Death Stranding, too, because the actors in the face mapping is a huge part of this game, right? It's, right. It's, like, almost above the line the thing that people know about LA Noir is like well that's the game with the actors in it right, right right and so then you talk about something like Death Stranding that has all these cameos the the one thing I will give credit the one it'll probably be many but the one thing I want to give credit for LA Noir is they cast a bunch of people that are actors that you go I think I know that guy where's yeah. that guy from you know instead of like instead of Conan O'Brien showing up halfway the game going like hello right and you're like what, what the hell <laughs> right. I mean like if you interviewed a suspect and it was Conan O'Brien you'd be like I think he did it right like that's the weirdest thing about Death Stranding is Conan O'Brien shows up and you're like this guy's gonna be all over this game and he's not in fact he's hard to find yeah he's hard to find honestly that's the biggest like I and uh, to your point, Andrew, I think that the biggest pet peeve that I have with games that cast like big celebrities in the role is that they like barely yeah. talk or show up at all in it. Mm-hmm. Like even Metal Gear Solid Five or what? It, like oh. he should like Kiefer Sutherland is Solid Snake and he barely yeah. talks. Yeah, he just grunts the whole barely. time, and people barely. talk at him. It's like, well, what's the point of that? <laughs> He's like the character, the the main character in GTA, like uh, the GTA Three. Like, he just doesn't talk. He's just there <laughs> yeah, the as, as a person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. No, I don't either. I don't either. Like, I like the idea. It's like, hey, you want to see Conan O'Brien in a video game? Yeah. You get one scene. 
But you know who you don't want to see? Guillermo del Toro. Get, guess what? He's your companion. You're like, guess what? He's coming into the shower with you at one point. He's literally in a shower with you. Like, get that fucking far away from me. What are you doing? That's a very specific. Do you guys setting. find it weird when you're in the shower as Norman Reedus and then ads for Norman Reedus' bike show show up? Like what? Doesn't that completely immersion shattering? Like I don't so get it at all. That, that's that's Hideo. Like that's what he does. It's so fourth wall breaking. That's that's just part of it, right? Like he he loves doing that. You you get on a bike as Norman Reedus sometimes, and he's like, man, this bike would be great on yes. the show ride with Norman Reedus. And you're like, he says that. What is happening? Why is this happening? Like that's got to be the only way they got Norman Reedus to be in that game, right? It's like I, yeah, I, just, you can just plug the crap out of your show yes, while exactly. you're chugging Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> Like, but that's where I get in trouble with Hideo Kojima, where it's like, the like you're being surrounded by like when you go to a gallery and you're staring at something and you're like, I don't get it, and everyone's like, this is amazing. You're like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Have we gotten to the part where you're so afraid to say something, where it's like, I don't know if him promoting his AMC motorcycle show on your in your video game is a good thing, and you're like. No, you just don't get yeah. it. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's very much the emperor's new clothes is is what we're what we're looking at right now. The but it's interesting, Andrew. You bring up you bring up the 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 concept of the the facial mapping, and for a game yes. that was supposed to change the technology and change everything, <laughs> nowadays facial mapping happens in a much better way. It's it's uh, granted years right. since ten years since basically. Uh, well, actually, we know that because yeah. that's why we're doing the episode. But it kind of strikes me in the same way as the Irishman does, where they're like, we are spending years and so much money in developing a new technology to do this thing. And they release it. And then it's okay. It's a bit uncanny valley. It's decent. And then people on the internet are just like, hey, by, by the way, look at this filter I made for Snapchat. And it's like twice as good. Like, did, did they, <laughs> good. they shoot their shot and miss because we're now seeing what was supposed to be revolutionary used and done better in common games, and that's a, a footnote in in these games. Well, do you do you know how they yeah. did their facial mapping? Wasn't it like didn't they have like a full uh, uh, camera system attached on like a block on their head? Like sort of like basically like if you look at a character model in La Noir, like they like their the face is like captured and being projected onto the 3D model. Right. So it's not like mocapped oh, yeah. or anything right. like that where you can oh, like add right, the features okay, okay. and stuff. It's like, and sometimes you can see the face like shift away that doesn't yeah. quite fit. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, but it's like projected onto the model, which is why like I feel like pe- that like there's no need for it now because mocap is so much more effective at doing that. Right. I mean, but that that is right, kind of yeah. more to my point where where this thing of like, look, we're going to change the game. This is how it's going to be done. And then it's now it's just so inadequate and over expensive it's just a technology that we don't need and and this this leads me to an ultimate question and i'm curious of what you guys say so riley when was the last time that that you played this game because this will kind of set up my question i'm gonna say probably like a year ago oh wow oh, okay so you played but, it recently maybe yeah, on yeah. I, I, I actually yeah i picked up the remaster uh for my brother and uh <laughs> and i actually tried a little bit of it i got it on uh xbox everyone okay. drink Everyone drink, yeah. <laughs> so, so here's my question. When this game first came out, Metacritic, and this blew my mind because I did not remember it getting the reviews that it got, but it had an 89%, which, you know, take it or leave it, Metacritic, whatever. Uh, but clearly it impressed a lot of people. The remasters are now like 76, 77%. Now, is that in your mind owed to the fact that this is a 
new game, or sorry, like it's it's a remaster that doesn't do enough with the formula to improve upon it, so they're giving it a mediocre score? Or is it that the game as it exists just doesn't play well anymore because their focus was on the wrong things? Yeah, I mean, I think probably that's it. Like, have you gone back and played Grand Theft Auto 4 recently? Oh, man. It, it, we we played Vice City, and it's it's garbage. Yeah, it's just like a world of difference now, right? So I feel like like 10 yeah. years is like, may as well be 100 years in the gaming industry. Well, sometimes, because yeah, I mean, one one of the things that we find on this podcast is sometimes the, the, the games that don't take a big swing and just try to do what they do really well... They play just as well today as they did back in the day with no, like, not taking any liberties and not taking any reservations. It's like, this game is good. It's good now. Whereas L.A. Noir, you may need to appreciate it yeah. for what it was, but it's not fun to play now. Yeah, I think staying within your lane is, like, the thing that ages games really well. You know what I mean? I, I If you do something very, you know, within your boundaries, it's very good. I wonder because part of the game was, like we're saying, was a nuance and things like that. I wonder how it'll age because, or does it stay quaint as this like one off that was so adorable instead of like when we go back and play Assassin's Creed or something and we know it's one of like 42 parts and you're like, oh man, I don't even know like, what what part of it's broken right. or something like that. Whereas this one's like, they tried something. You almost got to like, you know, almost got to be impressed by the swing, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah, I agree. And so I, I think that's that's kind of it for for I mean what we can say about uh, about Ellie Noir. But but Riley, when you you want to give us just a quick uh, rating just for the D pads out of four based on what you remember this game being when you with Lil Lil Riley rolls up to his Lil local Riley. his <laughs> oh his, his local game store. I think you you rode your little three wheel tricycle over there. Yeah, you had the little horns Riley with the frizzle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little baby, little baby riding his tricycle. No, he was talking about a year ago when you got the remastered. <laughs> <laughs> so you take it, you take it home, you play it. What do you rate this game out of four bits? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say I give it. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Okay, wow. I'm gonna give I mean, three and it, a half. It's in line wow. with all the all go. the rest of the reviews, so I can't complain. It's yeah. Just not what I expected. I got up to about the point where you have to chase someone through that uh, that that uh, big film set, and I was like, "This is fucking trash." I've been pretending I like this game for hours. <laughs> what am I playing at this point? Uh, no, don't worry. You can you can look at a wallet and like twist it this way to find a clue. Cool. The side quest in all the new games, but yeah, I get it. A lot of people liked it. I'm, I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this episode. Riley, I feel it. Riley. You are so lucky. This is the short burst that you have to hear from this. We have to. This is the rest of the podcast for you. This is the whole episode. <laughs> you just hated I gotta, it. I got to hear the rantings of a person that these cops will be looking after. Like I got to hear. <laughs> oh my god. I'll, I'll be sure to give it a listen so I can uh, be in your shoes for a moment. Which you you probably will. Uh, Look, Riley, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, This was a ton of fun. And uh, as always, you're always welcome back. Um, uh, I love having you. I know Andrew talks a lot of shit behind your back to me, but but I think he actually appreciates you as well. Um, And I won't let him defend himself on that one. (laughs) Anything to say? uh, Riley, you want to give us uh, give us any plugs? What are you working on these days? Oh, geez. Okay. So I'm the uh, social media manager at Walmart Canada Gaming. So I run all of their stuff on social and uh, that's pretty much it, really. What's their, what's their handle? Uh, Walmart, Walmart CA Gaming there on you Twitter. Go. So there you go. On Twitter, go. baby. And you do a fantastic job. A lot oh, of thanks, man. I appreciate we, A lot that. of the memes that we copy come straight from your account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just keep rolling out that oh. content. It's, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah. Exactly. 
Absolutely. So thank you so much, Riley, the sole member of the three-timers club at the Retrograde, and we can't wait for to have you back to be the sole member of the four-timers club. Ooh, Thanks, baby. man. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Commencing gameplay in three, two, one. Okay. Graphics are good. Well, it looks pretty good. So we're taking up in the uh, a vice sequence. Yeah. And I think we're about to enter a chase sequence. So there is, we are, we're in the middle of a boxing rig. They've rigged a match where somebody was going to take a fall. And now we're looking for a boxer. And Mikey is going to have to go running after him. I think so. I think so. And now you get that that noirish music coming. Yeah, on. I do remember. It was actually I thought I don't know at the time I thought it was a pretty good idea was that the music is high and then when it goes and when it runs out of music you've found all the clues. I, I like that. And I like that's that. great. It's that's like, like similar in Last of Us. Yeah. How it's like you oh, just yeah. have that little sound cue to be like they're I guess all that's gone. It. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I can I can do kind of the rotations. So yeah, so we're looking at a little board that's got some odds and a telephone number on it. There's uh, a tape. We're looking at the tape. It really is a point and click game. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it's the it's trying to combine a point and click game with an actual, you know, real world sandbox style game. Yes. Um, when you're walking through the area, I forgot about this. Your controller rumbles a little bit. Yes. When it uh, when when you're coming out, that there's something that you can. Uh, you can inspect. Yeah. So, so it's so, giving you little prompts. It's like not doing it. So that little telephone, I know we just, we had a phone number on there. So maybe that little phone phone that's showing up on the mini map is oh. telling us we should go call that number. Okay. First, mm -hmm. I'm going to pick up another boxing glove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a glove. Doesn't look like anything. Does it looks it? like a glove. Cool. It's a glove. <laughs> oh, there's a newspaper there. You can go check that out too. Because I remember this part. This was a really cool idea. It was Where? on the other trainer's table. Oh. Um, is they used to show stories, backstories on newspapers. So you'd pick it up and then it would go, hey, see the story behind the headline. Oh, right. And it right. cuts to uh, animation. I like. I thought that was such a cool idea. That's awesome. Very cinematic. Yeah. I like this game. So let's talk about the faces. Let's talk about the faces. So where you notice it the most is that clearly it's under their hairline to just past their jawline yes. is their face because that is where motion is happening tremendously. Where it kind of projects whatever they've recorded onto it. But the actual um, texture mapping on their face or like like the 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 topography of their face, sure, for lack yeah, of a better yeah, yeah. word, looks pretty good. Uh, it's the eyes and the brows. They're so expressive that you're yes. like, oh, something different's happening. I actually like how expressive the eyebrows are. Yeah. Another recognizable actor there. Yes. And it's full of those people where you're like, that guy. I know I him, know but I don't name. know his name. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's playing kind of like a mobster um, that is the one that was supposed to organize the, the, uh, the I don't know, the, the fall, dive. The dive, thank you. I, uh, you know what, the, the game looks better than I remember. I, I, I remember it looking worse. Also, we should say we are not playing the remastered oh, version. Oh, true. We're, We're playing, playing the, original. the original version. Oh, I think it was behind you. On the Xbox 360. On the Xbox 360. I think it's on the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah it's it on the wall. Oh, there you go. Why? Of course it is. Yeah. Why? Because I had to. <laughs> Location, Hotel Omar. Oh, and then you set the destination on the bottom. So the the UI is very neat. 
how you flip open a book yeah. and you've written notes down. You kind of select your notes and that kind of takes you to where you need to go. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. The UI is really cool to make it like all, like we're talking about in game. It doesn't take you out. Yes. You look at your notebook, you're like, hmm, these are the facts we have. Let's go to this guy's place. And you could set the destination for the car by looking at your notebook. That was so 2011. That that idea of like, we don't want a heads up display. We no. want everything to be seamless. Like dead space was the same way. It was very often like, don't take them out of the game. Yes. It's, it's got to be something they're don't looking at. Don't remind them they're playing a video. Yes. You know what I mean? And we've well, kind of gone back on that though. Like, I, like there yes. are way more interfaces now. Yeah. And I think your opinion can be split on that one. But one of the ones I do like about this game is this is the smallest one is, you know, in a big game where you can only go into so many places, the way that they decided this is that every door handle that's gold, push bar, and there's thousands of different styles. If it's gold, you can go into it. Oh, that's great. And so it's like, it's just a little nod of saying like, it doesn't change anything. Like, you know, it doesn't always look the same, but it, it that that's helps. A, that's a great game. idea. All right, wait, wait. There we go. It's a movie ticket. Okay. okay. Matinee movie, 12 p.m. Huh. Okay, that's interesting. I do like this, that that it's like, you don't know what anything means until it pieces together. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, so there's like in the trash, there's a note thrown out. Western, Western Union. Union. Okay. So your partner's definitely in on the mob, right? Yeah, like we're I just, think so. Yeah, because every time he's like, clearly he bet on the fight because he knew it was coming and he's now mad too. Yeah. Like, you he's, he's calling out. He's like, he's a crooked son of a bitch. And you're, and you're like, dude, he won the fight. Oh, there's be the beans are warm. Uh-oh. Okay, so this guy's around probably. Beans. We just left. Beans? Parnell's Soup Company. Chris Parnell. Oh, Natural look. style. Oh, they filled something out. Candy. Candy. Chocolates. Oh, oh, there you go. Okay. So Who's we got Candy? It. Candy Edwards, the lady who filled out this coupon. So we've got an address now that she filled in the, the coupon. Oh, yeah. Red lipstick, lipstick on, the, uh, on the cigarettes. Basically, clearly a room that has been used and or abused. We got a clue as to where they're going to be because we yeah. got her address. And now we're going to go track her down. Track her down. Oh. Okay. So that is the exact odds that were given early on in that paper. Right. And now they're doing the math. 200 times 18, 185 times 22. So they're saying if we bet on all these with the odds. Including their own fight. Yes. That's going to give us enough money to buy the house of Candy's dreams. Wow. It's just all laid out right in front of you here. But if you did the research. Andrew. I like this game. Oh. Press A to inspect an unconscious body. Oh okay. yeah. We should check. He's probably got something in his pockets. Wallet maybe. Spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. <laughs> so How Mikey, do I take off his pants? So is Mikey is just now roaming his roaming his body with your finger. Okay. Okay. It's Give definitely him a kiss. A, What's the kiss button? Oh, here we go. So we got some tickets. Looks like there's so Los Angeles, Akron, Ohio, one way. Okay. Single ticket though. So where's what about the boy? Is, did she steal the money from the boxer? Whoa. Double cross. Okay. Here we go. Cunard line. That's a little. It's a, uh, it's a cruise, cruise ship. ship. So, does a good job of like, there's not too much no. distraction. It's like, you go find the things you want to find. Yeah, like earlier we saw the boxing gloves and he was like, don't worry about that. And then, but there's not a ton of like, don't worry, don't worry, yeah, don't exactly, worry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That would get infuriated. It's just a box. Okay, so now we get an interview. Oh, finally. I like this. Here we go. She just got knocked unconscious. We woke her up and we're like, ask, answer questions. So, let's talk about the whereabouts of Hammond first. That makes sense. 
And you can look up at the suspect as she's going. She's smoking a cigarette. You know what? This game does a really good job, like a lot of things do. When you, it makes you feel smart. Yes. A lot of people, that's very rewarding. It is. It, the, a game, the best thing a puzzle game can do is make you feel like you were the only person who could have figured that out. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, crap. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. But little check marks make it seem Mikey's like been right so far on the guesses. Because okay. you see X's if you knew you're way oh, okay. wrong. I didn't know that. Do the names Harry, Mervyn, or Ray? Could be anybody. How the hell would I know? She's lying. Uh, she's she's lying. It's a lie. It's a lie. Tell me the truth. How the hell would I know? This might be hard. Yeah, but we got the bookmaker's the odds, the movie ticket stub, the telegram. No, no. Magazine coupon, bookmaker's payouts. Bookmakers, there's no names there. Books, bookmaker's I think the payout? Book, no, but there's no names on it. There's there's the bookmaker's uh, odds. Yeah. Although. Okay. That was his apartment. That was his apartment. But, but let's she try was it. there. Let's throw but it she was there. Oh, I got it. What nice. You got it. Mikey's a natural this at this is, game. I like this, man. So, we are going to try and stay away from this uh, lady, but it's also- Broad. But th sorry, this broad. Yeah. But it is also a little tough because you can't get too close and you can't get too far. And you can only walk slower than her or sprint faster than her. <laughs> like, that's so stupid. Yeah, it's tough. Like, I, I got to be honest, man, tailing missions in video games, it's one of the worst mechanics there yeah. is. It's never fun. And when you lose, it's just like, why did she just stop and turn around all of a sudden? Yeah. Like, like it, yeah. I know it, it is one of those ones where like, oh, this sucks. But if anything, it is a little bit of like, I guess you got to kind of do this. But do you? That's the thing. No, like as a job. I mean, like oh, in, in, oh, yeah, a, yeah, a real yeah, yeah. cop does do this, we assume. I assume. So like that's an excuse to prolong it, but it's yes. not a good one. I think I think prolonging is the right word because this does feel like filler. Like, Every time I'm in the middle of a tailing mission, I think I can't wait till this is over. Yeah. So we're calling the the police station to put yeah. us in touch with the yellow cab company that's going to tell us where this car is. Right. And I think we have to tail it probably. Yeah, that's probably, that would make sense. Wow, we're getting a one where you got to do everything. Everything. Fight, uh, investigate, tail. And we're investigating a fight. Yes. Oh, it's, a, it's Christopher Nolan's having a <laughs> jizzing somewhere. Interstate bus depot. Pull over. She's heading inside. We so already know where the bus is going. Exactly. We've seen the bus. We ticket. got the tickets. So that's good because we didn't know. We could have just waited at the bus station and like eventually it would have happened. But it makes sense that she had to go pick up the money. And right. it also develops the story a little bit more. Right. Okay. Let's go Whoa. in. We just heard a shot. She walked into the ladies' washroom and we just heard a gunshot. Oh my God. Out of one of the stalls, blood is pouring out of the bottom. Oh, she dead, baby. Okay, so we're going to go to the theater. We've seen the stub earlier in Albert's apartment. We now have just seen the rest of the ticket in um, Candy's uh, purse. Yes. So now we're going to go see this. This might this might be this might be the coup de grace here. This might be the, the ending. Carlo, why'd you kill oh, her? Here the we go. With me. So I think we hear the boxer. She was collecting money for you. So they also knew he was gonna. she was going to meet him here, and that makes total sense because now he didn't kill her. It was the mob. Right. So the, the meeting place is still the same. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, so Cole's basically lying to protect Hammond, who he sent away on the on the boat. Yeah. Well, because I get I I bet you if you bring him in, then you're gonna have to indict like a bunch of police officers. True. And also it's funny because you're putting your partner in a position where he has to lie, but for once he has to lie about, you know, being a good person. Like yeah, he has yeah, to yeah. lie to protect someone instead of uh yeah. Well totally. so set up. Clues found eleven of eleven questions correct. Three of three. Injuries, fifty dollars, vehicle damage. <laughs> oh, so you get dinged for vehicle damage, sorry. City damage twenty. 
And look at that. Five stars. We got it perfect. Nailed it. The setup. Oh, my God, Andrew, Mikey. we should be detectives. Well, this is it. D- detective cast where we will look after your cases. You tell us what you want. We'll spy on your wife. We Hello. How, can it, where is money. your wife right now? Do what is know? she wearing? Can I find out? <laughs> can I take pictures of your wife? Will I fall in love with her? Probably. Love triangles are a part of film noir. Love rhombuses are really the way to go. It's a four quadrant thing because you're involved, your wife. Does your wife I. like red lipstick? Is your wife abroad? <laughs> Does your wife have walking sticks? <laughs> All right, Angie, let's go back and review this game. Let's do it. And welcome back to the retrograde. Hey, get your broads here. <laughs> get your, oh, so I can, uh, uh, hey, sir, I'd like two broads, please. All right, what, how tall do you want them? Uh, quite tall. All right, we got five foot four. Whoa, that's tall for back in the 40s. That's back in the 40s. Oh, I'm talking ancient Egyptian times. <laughs> oh, wow. So quite, this is like Sphinxian height. Yes, Sphinxian height is the name of my brothel, my friend. Oh, my welcome, goodness. Welcome, welcome. Oh, my God. Hey. That accent sounds super familiar. Huh? <laughs> that's just so odd. That's, I don't know. It's a royalty. It's Egyptian royalty. Oh, that's what it is. Did you know that the Egyptians didn't build the pyramids? I, I know, because I go back there all the time. You go back there like you go back to Egypt, or you go back there like back in time? I go, there's a little bit of both, if I'm being honest oh, with you. okay, yeah, Because yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. go back in time without going to Egypt. That's where the portal is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I answered both questions. Yeah. That would have been really good. Are you telling the truth? Are you, should I doubt you? Looks up, looks down. <laughs> Looks up, looks right. A, B, B, A, B, A, B. Up, up, down, down, <laughs> left, right, left, right, B, A. We just played uh, L.A. Noir, set in the 40s, obviously because of Mikey's stellar accent. Yes. Uh, where we were detectives. Yeah. And uh, we were detecting whether or not, because our mm-hmm. grandparents. Uh, do you think Is that what we're going with? Did they, did they have a, like a an on-again, off-again relationship, do you think, maybe? Our grandparents? Yeah. Uh, probably. Like, Well, the chemistry is sizzling now. It must have been sizzling back then, too. I, you know what? I, I've heard so much. Like a fajita tray. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what is that? Oh my God. I guess I got to get Don't touch it. The plate's hot. <laughs> Don't, I couldn't hear that when you came over to the table from across the room. Um, your grandpa, I've heard actually a lot about. Oh um, no. Uh, uh, old, old little dinky. Oh, old little dinky? Old little dinky. Old uh, wrinkly dinkly. Oh my goodness. Old wrinkly dinkly. Yeah. And I had, uh, Big smooth Mikey. <laughs> no, not no a wrinkle loose, on him. No loose skin on his penis at all. Completely smooth. It was like what dildos were designed after eventually. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. And that's why they always called him a dildo, but little did they know he was, <laughs> was going to use that game against them, that name against them. Um, <laughs> oh, Andrew, what, yes. a, what an experience. What an experience indeed. We played a whole case together and a little bit more. And what a case do we play too? Like, I think the case was actually a really good encapsulation of what it's like to play Ali Noir. Yeah, I, it, it had a little bit of uh, detective work by walking around a crime scene yeah. and getting some clues. It had an interview. It had some driving. It had some stalking. Uh, yeah. It had some shooting. I think they call it trailing when it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done it that way, so I don't know. Um, I I don't know, man. I I was thinking when we were playing, I'm like, oh, how convenient. We got a little bit of everything. And thinking back, though, I'm pretty sure that's just most of I, the of it, like how else would they split it up? Yeah, like each case is going to be an hour or so, right? Yeah, it's it's funny because we you know we 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 booted up Mikey's former saved game, mm-hmm. and and it was funny like two stars, three stars, four stars. Mikey and I start this game up, annihilated, just it. crush a five star case immediately, just crush it. Is our games just easier back then? Yeah, are we just better? I know I am. Oh, thanks. Okay, awesome. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. 
That's just you're not. I'm not better either. I. You got to tell me. Do you believe you're better? Honestly, sometimes I don't. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> but it really was. I don't know if every case has all of that, but it felt. It was simultaneously long enough where you felt like you did something, but not too long where you're like, oh my God, we got to talk about this guy again. You know what I mean? So here's the thing though. There's, I remember, you know, when we were going back, we talked to Riley about this. Uh, and uh, my grandpa told me that an old vagrant who had once gone into his office mm. had mentioned as well that he loved this game. Okay. But in speaking to those people, it seemed as though the specific things they loved about the game were tough to pin down. Yeah. And when I think about the last amount of time that we played this game, the whole case that we went through, I I feel like I enjoyed it. Yeah. But when I think back to the moment to moment things, I didn't enjoy controlling the detective around the scene. I didn't enjoy, the only things I enjoyed were driving and the interview portion. Even though the inter- the reason I enjoyed the interview portion is because it went as I expected yeah. and there weren't any weird things about it. The fighting wasn't great. The gunfight wasn't great. The tailing, I know you didn't mind it as much. I despised no. in both the car and walking on foot. So I don't know specifically what I liked about this apart from having played it, which is yeah. a weird feeling. Yeah, but like, okay, not to push back immediately, but like I never play a video game and I go, you know, it's kind of fun to have this main character move around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I disagree. What? I have fun playing Overwatch from minute to minute. I have fun playing Resident Evil 4 from minute to minute, Bloodborne from minute to minute. Like the, when, oh, I'm, wow. when I'm playing the games, I'm playing them because I'm enjoying them. This one's weird to me. Like there are exceptions, which would okay. be some of the walking sims like Edith Finch or Firewatch. Sure. It's not fun, but you're living in the environment and that's more what this is. And yet they feel it's necessary to pin onto that experience, mm. car chases, tailing sequences, uh, gunfights, and it's those moments where I'm like, I don't like doing this. I can't wait to get back to something that's moving the story along. Because mm. there's a very blatant 10 minute pause in in pushing the case forward when you're tailing someone. Okay. And because I'm not enjoying doing that and I'm not getting any story tidbits, I'm like, wouldn't this have been a better experience without that? Hmm. And that's that's my question of balance, how they if they could have figured that I'm out. Not, I'm not sure. It is a three-dimensional game this way because you're not you're never handing things off like a actual police officer would mm-hmm. you know what i mean like well it's, it's your turn you know jenkins you're you break down the scene you know yeah, jenkins I mean? always breaks down the scene. he does and that's what he's famous for and he's really good at it yeah. and that's why we let him do it and he's like man i really like walking around you're like good for you man <laughs> that's only some people um so you know i i do get that i i but i think when you look at when you look at the forest for the trees maybe each tree isn't very uh isn't very sure you know, remarkable but the forest quite striking uh yes i agree yeah and that's what i'm struggling with mm. but when i'm playing the game i'm in the forest yeah after the game i'm outside of it so yeah. if you ask me like was that a cool experience and if i have to give a yes or no answer yes it was yeah 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 yeah. but i don't i don't want to play it again oh really i, I want to play this whole thing uh, do you really i want to finish it see i want to there are some games that have basically the ability to skip from beat to beat so you're essentially just playing the story like right. learning the story i can't i can't it's it's bad of me, but I know that they're out there, and I just can't think of one off the top Red of my Dead. head. I think Red Dead is <laughs> Honestly, one. Honestly, right? you can you can just do all the story missions because they're labeled differently than the side missions. No, even even like not going from it's literally like you 
I can't remember what game I was playing okay. recently, but basically it is just like a very simple liaison between story beats sure. rather than actually playing the game in a challenging way. I'd almost prefer that with this. Yeah. Let me, uh, honestly, if you remove the chasing and uh, I would like to drive to different places. Okay. I would like to look <laughs> at the crime scene yeah. and I would like to interview people and that's it. Team Bondi, you guys got something to do, okay? <laughs> you got to build the, M- L.A. Noir, colon, Mikey's version. <laughs> the, the, the Snyder cut. This is not Mikey cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Aaron Warth car. I, I, I totally get that. Like, I, I do understand that the, you're trying to, you're cherry picking the parts that would be best suited for your liking right. of this game. That makes total sense. I absolutely am with you. Um, now, the question is like in your, from your perspective, if that was all that existed, would the game feel as lived in? See, it's, a, it's a salt and sweet kind of thing. Yeah. I like that there are moments where you have to do other stuff so that you can look forward to doing it. I bet you if you're just doing all the parts that you like over and over again, you might go like, oh, yeah, again. It just gets, and it gets redundant and old and stuff but like that. But then is the question, is that stuff actually that good or is it just good to experience in limited doses? And if so, do we need this to be a 50-hour game? Cause, cause, well, yeah. Well, because I'm saying, yes, I do believe that you have to do all the elements to make it a well-rounded game. If you're just doing the same thing over and over again, if you could only play, like, you know, you talked about Overwatch earlier, like yep. playing that thing. You gotta play one map and one character. Yeah, you wouldn't like that character or that map very much anymore. The exception is I I have my favorite maps, and there's only one map that I don't like. Okay. And and if I have to play it, I still will and I'll still enjoy it. It's just not my favorite. Right. So the, but it builds the, anticipation of looking going, like, oh, I like this map. It does, except that it's not it's not making the good parts seem good by contrast. Uh-huh. It's just that there are there I love everything, yeah. and there are moments that I like even more than that. Right. So so the difference being when I'm doing a tailing mission, I'm actively not enjoying myself. Right, right, right. Um, but I am enjoying myself when I'm doing an interview, for example. Right. So if that element of gameplay is mm-hmm. good enough, I think a whole game could exist around it. Sure. Or you find ways to, to like, like Portal, for example. When right. you strip that down, it's get to the end of the map. Yeah. And they just find ways within that structure to make it... Uh, uh, different enough from beat to beat to right. enjoy it all the time. Yeah. There are some puzzles that I enjoy less, but I enjoy all the puzzles in Portal. Mm-hmm. In this, it just feels like there's additives that that actively detract from the way I enjoy the game. Well, and that and that very much might be true. You know, maybe this whole game is not for you in the way that I, I really like, even if you chase down another perp, you know, going down an alleyway because somebody dressed that alleyway and it made this city so vibrant and lively because those things are full of people and information and posters and Insta Heat. The truck showed up again because that was from the other case and now it's here again. Right, right. Like, I like that part of it and, you know, if it's not for you, that's totally fine. But it's almost showing you the breadth of the game and to making it more realistic because it's actually set in a world that is being lived in. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. So the open world element of it and the whole aesthetic, great. I, I, I guess my question to you would be when you're tailing someone, is there an element of you being excited for that portion to be over or are you enjoying that, that mission? It's challenging. I don't know if I'm enjoying the actual beat to beat minutes mm-hmm. of it, you know, um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I'm like... I, I almost think if that's the case, you could tighten up the world a little bit and have it more uh, more saturated with, right. with, with, new, with good, like, lived-in elements, right? Right, okay. Because when you're going on a tailing mission and it takes 10 minutes and it's taking you down the street, if 
it were three minutes yeah. and you had to drive there or whatever, maybe you could actually put more in there and still yeah. make it. Because I don't think what I'm saying makes this not have to be an open world game okay. necessarily. Granted, you'd have less that you can do, so maybe it, it wouldn't work as well. Yeah. But I think it just ultimately comes down to a fundamental expectation of what you can do in games. Um, and and I land on one side of that and clearly you land on another. Yeah. And I, I think this is another case like Red Dead where I am on the... Uh, objective wrong side of it in the court of public opinion. You're the dissenting opinion. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. I, I would agree with you. I think, you know, we'll, when we can kind of get into our scores, because I think we might have a long conversation about this, mm-hmm. uh, is is the idea that like, so in our retro scores, we gave it a seven out of eight, a four for me, a three for you. And as we go into our current scores, I think it's really, I the minutia is not the part that I'll remember from this game. When we come back next week and record about this, I'm not going to think about like, Man, that tailing mission was the thing, because that seems to be an emphasis of yours. Yep. And that tailing mission is not the thing that I'm going to think about. I'm going to think about the world. I'm going to think about the music and the way they speak and the way they dress and what they drive and the story. And I'll remember the story of Albert Hammond and Can- Candy and the mob and stuff like that. And th- these reminders that might come up, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if that's the part that I'm going to remember. Right. I'm going to remember the picture as a whole instead of that one bad actor in the background. Whereas if I think about playing this game again, yeah. I'm going to be hesitant because I, because that is, that's a princess in the pea where it bothers me and you're able to ignore it. Yeah. That becomes the point to me. Whereas yeah. to you, that's just an inconvenience that you can look past. Yeah, exactly. Which is a, an interesting way of putting it. So mm. do we want to get into our reviews then? I think we almost have to. All right. So we started off, Andrew, you gave this a four. I did. Which is a big score. Can't go higher. And I gave it a three, which yeah. is still a good score. A very good score. Uh, but you can go higher. As you very clearly I, I, demonstrated. I did. I showed you how, and you're like, no, 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 I do not want to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, Andrew, why don't you give this your modern-day score <laughs> as this game holds up in the modern day against the likes of, say, Overwatch, which we yeah. brought up out of four bets. Okay, so, and I think that's a really good way of putting it because that's kind of how I'm framing my review, is to think about what we can play currently. Mm-hmm. L.A. Noir is unique in its breadth and its in its scale and its scope because we do have um, we do have these walking simulators, which is kind of like a negative term for these really great games. But there are stories. We need a better name we do. for that. Yeah, we should honestly put it to ourselves to come up with one because it's so dismissive. It in really a way. is. Yeah, oh, a walking simulator. No, it's a story first video game. Yes, that is not really the emphasis is not on controls and, and motion. It's about the, it's about the story in a large way. L.A. Noir is about a story and an atmosphere. Uh-huh. It's an atmosphere they give you with music and with the dressing and with nineteen. 40s LA and it's so picture perfect and there's all these little details even down to like the street lights that bo- bo- go both red and green but also the sign comes out going stop yes. or go and yes. all these little things the newspapers it makes you feel like you're part of this world and so a huge part of why I'm giving the score I'm going to give it is because I can't play a game like this yes I can go play a walking simulator and there's so many good ones out there but to get to live in the world and to stay in the world and to free roam in the world there's nothing like this right now I there's a reason I remembered it. I went to go back and play it and I'm like, man, I still remember it now. And I still, I still want to play the next mission and I want to know what happens to Albert Hammond. I want to know what happens to Cole Phelps. And as Is they this move going on. where I think it's going, I'm going to give it three and a half. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm going to give it three and a half because Yes, it is still clunky. And a part of the game is asking you to control these characters. Mm-hmm. And is that like incredibly fluid and good? No, there's many better games out there currently that are doing that. And while we don't have a version of this game in 2021, right. when it comes to story and atmosphere and all these kind of things, especially because it's not about shooting and killing and all this kind yes. of stuff. But at the same time, you still have to shoot and kill and that's not great. Right. So I, I got to dock it a little bit, but I would give everything for this game to have a second and a sequel and to have a version of it now. So I'm going to give it three and a half because there is no modern version of it in my mind. I like that. So I, I'm taking this in a little bit of a different path because you mentioned that, uh, you know, 
yes, you cannot remove that element of the game with the yeah. shooting and the chasing. And Don't everything. you dare use my words against me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Andrew, we have three years worth of our words that people could use against us if they wanted to. Oh, uh-oh. Um, I, so I, the problem is the things that I love most about this game, and there are things that I love about this game, right. are hindered by everything that exists around it. Sure. The, this is going to sound strange, but I bet you if you timed the amount of time we spent playing this game, the majority of it would be spent doing the things that I didn't enjoy, whether it's whether it's uh, tailing right, or right, gunfights right. or this and that, which is strange. If I want to get at the core of what I like about it and I have to spend 45 minutes for every 15 minutes or, or, or you know, half an hour doing something I don't like for every half an hour that I get for something I do, yes. that just feels off to me. However, it's a unique entry into a game that allows, or into into this industry, that allows for you to do all of that stuff if you want. Our current scores are always a little bit more objective, but I think if what you love about this game is the interview element or the interaction, your input using things you've learned that you kind of have to intuit, I mentioned in the interview with Riley, Papers, Please, that is a game that allows for that. Okay. The game that I couldn't think of while we were interviewing Riley was uh, that that stood to, in my mind the most is called Her Story. Okay. And it's an interactive game. It's it's filmed with real films and you have to intuit certain things, use your uh, impression of whether she's telling the truth or a lie to unfold this entire mystery in an interview type scenario. That is a, is a game that I'd be more interested in trying out as well. Um, does it have the, the 1947 aesthetic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So if I want that element of it, unfortunately I have to put up with the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is very damaging in terms of the overall opinion I have on the game. And because of that, I still don't think this is a bad score. It's the same score that I gave SimCity. Uh, it's a two oh. and a half out of four. Oh, wow. Because there are, there's a better version of SimCity out there that I can play if I want to really drill down to it, like a bit more of a polished version. I feel like there are games with better elements of the things that I like yeah. compared to L.A. Noir, but this is still super unique and absolutely worth checking out, especially mm-hmm. if you haven't in a long time and you want to remind yourself what it's all about. Oh, there we go. So two and a half. I didn't know where you're going to go with that on that yeah. one. So yeah. there you go. Two and a half and a three and a half. That is going to be a six out of eight. That's combined with our seven out of eight. That gets to a 13 out of 16 thank you bits a 13 <laughs> out of 16 bits started by singing we're gonna end by singing this is all it's good book bookmark so 13 out of 16 you know not a lot to complain about it's a really good score it's funny you know with the number of disagreements we had on the game the one thing that we both agree on and that that i can't take away from it is that there is something special about it yeah, um, as much yeah. as it's not for me, yeah. uh, I can clearly see why someone would like it. If you have more patience for putting up with a little bit of the uh, shaft to get the wheat, yeah. uh, then this game is for you. And I think that you're okay with that because as long as you're in this world, mm-hmm. I'm speaking like literally to yeah, you. Yeah, he's pointing at me right now. Um, the if you're in if you if all you like is being in this world, then even if you're not really enjoying tailing, at least you're experiencing yeah. the world, and that's yeah. cool. Whereas that's not enough for me. Okay, um, I need to be entertained. Oh boy, I'm more Blade Runner 2049. You hated Who, that movie. Who's that tall <laughs> woman who's a holograph? She's <laughs> Bending over, and I can see up her shirt. Yeah, up her shirt. Yes, because uh, she's it, so big. She's so no, tall. I, I, Resident Evil Eight. C- yeah, yeah, Lady Dimitrescu. 
canonically, I rewatched Blade Runner and I like it now. Oh, yeah, we've come around now. We've on come Blade around Runner. now. On okay, that. well there yeah. we go. Like I, I gotta say, when we went into L.A. Noir, I did not expect to give it the score that I gave it. So I, kudos to it. But everything I've said about the game in the past still rings true. It's kind of a joke in some cases, <laughs> uh, but it's it's a joke because it's so set in its time. It just hasn't aged as poorly as I figured it would. Right, right. And I think this gets a classic case of I think he doth protest too much. So, <laughs> uh, as we know, completely invincible arguments. I uh, can't do anything about it. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to our L.A. Noir 10-year anniversary well, episode. Andrew, you can't take us out yet. Don't you hear that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Did you hear the sound? I tried to leave and they, they built the ceremony and the whole thing. They did. The trombonists have formed like a cage to lock us into the symphony because they're yeah. warming up. They're, they're circling us. They it's are. so loud. It's very intimidating. Yes. Oh my it, goodness. This orchestra and, and the conductor are not conducive <laughs> to this environment. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's let them lead us into the award ceremony. Okay. You've been waiting for it all year. The most glamorous award ceremony of the week. Ladies and gentlemen. The Grady's. Oh, wow. Oh, my I goodness. Mean, just what a beautiful night to oh be here. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, wow. Clark Abel is here. Singing. James Cagney <laughs> is here. Yeah, he is. Marilyn Monroe is here. Yeah, yeah, in the 40s, yeah. Okay. The, that's it. It's just that's us it. and them. That's it. If, you, if you're if you not one of the people we listen. Howard Hughes just flew above <laughs> us. Oh, he's dropping piss everywhere. <laughs> Bottles of piss. Oh, my God. Howard oh, Hughes. don't drink our piss, mate. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. What a, what a beautiful night for awards. Everyone's dressed so beautifully. Our yeah. deco style. Uh, Elliot's oh. got a fedora and only a fedora. Yeah. Guess and where it is. Uh, no, sorry. He's got it. Yeah, yeah. Guess where it is. Yeah. That's where it is. You are correct. On his head. So. <laughs> uh, but not that head. No. <laughs> It's a little fedora. Um, okay. okay, Not little, that little either. Okay, little fedora. Tell us what award Eleanor wins. The Field of Childhood Dreams. If you play it, they will review it fondly. Oh, wow. Okay. Andrew, what is that sound? Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a home run. The, that's the crack of the bat. Oh, it's a crack of the bat. Sorry. So what happens in the Field of Dreams? If you hit a home run, like that ball is gone. Yeah. You're not finding that. No, that's where all the ghosts are. And like, <laughs> I'm not going to fucking that cornfield. There's other ghosts are. I grabbed, I grabbed some balls, but they weren't, that wasn't the baseball. It we was built ghost it. balls. Come over here. Get out of here. God. Ghosts. Yeah, do you think Scorpion likes the field of dreams? Because <laughs> everyone's got- Why is he always shooting out a wire at people when he could just build a baseball field? I see. It's like a, it's like a honey, it, honey for the bees kind of situation. I like to get them over here with friendship. <laughs> I'd like to get them over here with that nice baked good. If you build it, they will get over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, oh, what what an God. award. What a fantastic. That award is obviously for a retro score of seven or higher. Yeah. Kudos to Udos, <laughs> L.A. Nuardos. Yeah. Yiridos. T- Team Bondi, one and done, but like a one-hit wonder in the most truest sense of the word. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, well, like I was saying... Thank you so much for listening. This was something we did a little differently and we we really wanted to try something because this is an important game to us and and it was an important game to a lot of the D-pads out there. We got a lot of response about people excited that we're doing this game and we hope we lived up to it. But 
more than anything, we want to hear from you. Let us know. Let us know. Do you have, you have something you want to defend uh, against what Mikey said? You want to pick a Good name? Good luck. <laughs> Doth protest too much. Invincible argument. Uh, if you have a, a nit to pick with what I said, let us know at Retrograde Mikey, at Retrograde Andy. And thanks to our guests, Riley Little and John Dulong, for making this kind of a special episode. And, and we can't wait to talk to you soon. And don't forget to check out John Dulong's podcast. Oh, yeah. It's the Canadian Cop. I actually guested on it uh, this past Saturday. Uh, he talks about Liverpool FC, the oh, football, the football club. club. Uh, it's a great podcast. I, I was, I've been friends with John for a very long time. He's had a few podcasts. You can tell by his voice and his cadence. Yeah. He knows how to speak into a microphone. <laughs> Absolutely. So that and Riley Little, but here to gave the plugs. You got to check you all did. those things out. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for listening to this episode. Please share, rate, review. Go tell people about the Retrograde Podcast because we can't wait to talk to you soon. My name's Andrew Baskin. And I'm Mikey Ehrenworth. This is the Retrograde Podcast. Game. Thank you so much for listening to the Retrograde Podcast. We look forward to recording this podcast all week long, and we hope you guys look forward to listening to it. You know how we got into retro video game podcasting for the money and the babes? We're really in it for the ratings and reviews. Money is ratings. Reviews are babes. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you enjoy podcasts. For any business inquiries, you can always email the Retrograde Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Retrograde Pod. And you can find Andrew on Twitter at Retrograde Andy. And then Mikey at Retrograde Mikey. Instagram at The Retrograde Podcast. And remember, Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the retrograde podcast for all of your non-essential but very much enjoyable content. We don't ask that you give us much, apart from joining our Patreon. But what we do ask is that you join this community that we've grown. Also, yeah. give us some of your blood. <laughs> yeah. I want some of your hair in a bag. Thanks for listening. From your two dads. <laughs> Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. The music's gone. It must be there's no more clues. Yeah.